0: today's episode is going to be really interesting because we're going to talk about stomp rockets vomiting reflux and food allergies we're going to talk about how all of these things are created and we're going to help you to figure out why your child is vomiting all right so let's get started Hi, I'm Dr. Evka, the mom at the play group who's in charge of the food and the lecture series. Empowering other mothers when something seems off with their children. Sharing mindset work when it comes to motherhood, medicine made understandable, and mastery of your child and who that child is when they have food intolerances, feeding challenges, or other of your concerns. You've heard that I'm a family doctor, a feeding physician, a life coach, a nutritionist, and a best-selling author. But if you ask me, I will tell you. I'm another mom just like you. And I'm your friend. Just remember that this information is being shared for educational purposes only and some of it's opinion-based. If you have a specific medical concerns, please see your regular doctor. That's not me. Little Peter stared at the vomit pooled beneath him. His outfit was stained with a liquid stomach contents. Sweat dripped down his brow as it passed through his brown hair. There was formula in its liquids form, as well as cracker, still mostly intact. It covered his shirt. Peter's mother held him tightly in her arms. She kept him upright in hopes that the vomit would not go down the wrong way. It was a sight to behold. Her clothes were soaked too, on her hair were pieces of undigested food, and her eyeglasses were covered in a thin brown mist. She wiped the last of the vomit off Peter's lips and then cleaned her face as well with another towel. Then the torrent of vomit came again. This time, it seemed even more forceful than the last. More vomit on her clothes, more vomit on their bodies, more vomit on the floor. The stench of vomit filled the air with a pungent odor. Peter's mom thought, oh no, there it is again. This time, Peter's mother had the plan. When the whole ordeal was over and both of them were washed and in their new clothes, she picked up the phone. She looked through a list of contact numbers until she found just the right one. There it was, the number that she really wanted, the phone number of Peter's family doctor who worked alongside pediatricians in the same medical office, all of them seeing children. She dialed the phone number and explained again what happened. Little Peter had vomited once again, and they needed to be seen for a medical visit. Perhaps there was something that a doctor could do to help them. Lately, there seemed to be a lot of episodes of vomiting. The receptionist on the other side of the phone told her, Tuesday, you can have an appointment with the doctor on Tuesday. Tuesday, just a day away. The next day, Peter and his mother found themselves at the doctor's office. They sat down in one of the office exam rooms and waited patiently for the doctor to come. When the doctor came into the room, Peter's mom said, My son has been vomiting a lot. The doctor and Peter's mom had a back-and-forth conversation in which the doctor eventually diagnosed Peter with a reflex, and Peter was sent home with a prescription for a histamine 1 blocker. Mom couldn't wait to get to the pharmacy. She couldn't wait for Peter's frequent episodes of vomiting to end. She hoped that the medication, a histamine 1 blocker, would do the trick, and Peter would be left feeling better soon. No more frequent episodes of vomiting was the hope. Peter's mom certainly hoped that this would be the miracle drug. What happened? That day, after Peter took his medicine, he continued to vomit. The next day, despite the vomiting, the vomiting continued just as frequently as it did before. Peter's mom thought, Was it the wrong dose? Was it the wrong prescription? She couldn't figure out why Peter continued to vomit so much. Do you have an idea? When you have a young child who is vomiting, what does that mean? How do we know if it's reflux? What if something else? The list of medical conditions that lead to vomiting in young children is large. How do we go about figuring out the reason for the vomiting? And what are the similarities and differences between some of the different causes of vomiting in young children? For instance, what are the similarities and differences between reflux and food allergies, including f F-Pies. FPIES, by the way, is food protein-induced entercoliosis syndrome. It's a condition where a child vomits and often appears lifeless or has paleness of the skin, usually within one to four hours, but it could be longer than that, of eating a trigger food. There's also three minor criteria. That have to be met out of a whole set of minor criteria. And you can read more about these in my FPIs handbook, or I can link to them in the show notes. But anyway, back to the episode. What are the similarities and differences between reflux and food allergies, including FPIs or food protein and colitis syndrome? After all, in all these medical conditions, food moves in reverse through the digestive tract. Some of these medical conditions take a while to figure out. Remember little Peter, his mom took him to see the doctor for recurring episodes of vomiting. That doctor heard the phrase, distressing vomiting, or little kid vomiting that is bothering the mother, and thought, "Hmm." What's one of the common diagnoses that can do this? I need something that I can treat more easily before I do a complex workup. Oh, I get it. reflux. Why don't we see if this is gastroesophageal reflex and prescribe a histamine 1 blocker repeater? Let's see what happens if we do this. The problem is the histamine 1 blockers do not stop vomiting. Instead, they make vomiting less painful on the esophagus. However, they do not stop vomiting. Now, you might be asking yourself, if histamine 1 blockers do not stop vomiting, what does... Time for a little commercial break. This episode is sponsored by my redo of my Dr. Evka or the Feeding Physician website. Go on there. I have a whole bunch of new freebies for you. And if you'd like, you can now sign up for my weekly newsletter. I have kind of got a better sense of where I want to take this platform. And you can kind of see that on the website if you go on and check it out. I look forward to talking to you more. Okay, back to the episode. If your child vomits repeatedly, what will help stop the vomit? It truly depends. It depends upon the reason for the vomiting. Recently, I came across an online Facebook post that was written by a mother of a child with food allergies. She wrote, Many doctors have now told me that food allergies and reflux are not related, like F-Pies, which is a type of food allergy, and reflux is just not related. I don't believe it. Are there resources or proof out there? In response, I told her, You are both right. This is a complex topic that I can't answer by writing a Facebook post. Instead, I want to post about it on my website and do a podcast about it. Hence, podcast episode number 21 was born. By the way, you might not know what FPIs or food protein-induced endocolitis syndrome is it's a kind of food allergy. I talked about it a little bit earlier in this podcast, and you can find more information about it on my website, the website of the feeding physician, Dr. Evka. We will now talk about the differences between food allergies and reflux. I understand where the doctors are coming from when they say, no, fives and reflux are not related. They may have only 10 to 15 minutes to see you in the office, And the actual answer is way more complex. They just don't have the time to go over it all in great detail. Thus, instead of saying, it's too complex, they may think about all of the ways that food allergies, like F-Pies and reflux, are not related. They might think about all the ways that food allergies and reflux are not related. Thus, you hear them tell you, no. A more accurate statement is, food allergies, including f and reflux, are not related in some ways, but they also are related in other ones. That's an even more accurate statement, but explain the reasons for it would take a long time. I'll discuss the similarities in this episode, and I'll briefly touch about some of the differences. You'll kind of hear about both of them. This episode is um, also about the differences between food allergies and reflux. When both can give you vomiting. It's just that the reasons behind the vomiting can be different. There are many reasons why young children vomit. And you need to try to figure out the root cause so that you can then develop the appropriate treatment plan. Take a food allergy F-Pies, for instance. This condition, the food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome, happens when a person vomits approximately one to four hours after eating a trigger food and has a set of other symptoms, including paleness to the skin and fatigue. The amount of time can vary, as can the other symptoms. What causes the vomiting in this food allergy. In food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome, vomiting happens after the immune system recognizes a specific food as being foreign to the body. The immune system says, I'm going to do something to get rid of this trigger food. I'm going to make sure that the digestive tract releases a lot of serotonin, as well as other chemical messengers. Cells in the digestive tract then release these chemical messengers. The jobs of these chemical messengers are to trigger the vomiting reflex. When there are too many of these chemical messengers, including serotonin during an allergic reaction, vomiting happens. You treat some of these allergic reactions, like you treat acute f or acute food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome by giving Ondansetron, otherwise known as Zofran. Zofran or Ondansetron block the effects of serotonin. The vomiting in f happens partly because of changes in serotonin levels. How about with reflux? What causes vomiting with the reflux? That's a great question, and I'll give you two ways that vomiting happens with reflux. There are other ways, but these are two of the most common ones. Neither of these reasons has much to do with serotonin. First, in very young children, vomiting happens because their stomach acts like a stomp market. I bring up the subject of a stomp rocket because I recently made one with my daughter and I think she loved it. It was so much fun to make. Anyway, I made a stomp rocket and I'll try to describe what the final product looked like. But if you are unfamiliar with a stomp rocket, at this point, I'd urge you to use your computer or your phone and find an image of one. The toy consists of a hollow tube that is attached to an air pump. When I stomp on the air pump, air fills the tube. The air pushes against the tube until it pops off. The rocket launches. In my case, in addition to having the hollow tube as part of my stomp rocket, I also curled up a small piece of paper into a ball. I put the ball into the hollow tube of my stomp rocket. When I stomped on the pump, air filled the hollow tube that had the ball of paper. Both the hollow tube and the ball of paper launched into the air. Now, there are two ways that you can hold a hollow tube attached to the air pump. In the first way, you can hold one end of the hollow tube on the ground One end is on the ground. Air cannot escape from the end of the hollow tube that is firmly held to the ground. The ground is acting like a sort of sphincter to prevent air from going that way. This is how a stomach works when the sphincter connecting the stomach to the esophagus is closed shut. Food can't go back up into the esophagus and eventually have the mouth. This thingster allows the food to move in one direction, further down the digestive tract into the intestines. Now, let's say that you hold the stomp rocket in a different way. I pick up the hollow tube so that one end is no longer on the ground. Both ends of the hollow tube are now in the air. Now, Let's say that I stomp on the air pump really hard. Air cannot go both ways in the stomp rocket. If I have two small balls of paper inside the hollow tube, the balls can go in either direction. Because one of the tubes is no longer, one side is no longer attached to ground. Both sides of the hollow tube are in the air. And the piece of paper can escape both ways. It's a similar concept with young children and babies who have reflux. Their sphincters that would prevent food from going up into the tube, connecting the stomach to the mouth, are loose. That sphincter connecting to the stomach to the mouth are loose. The esophageal sphincter is loose it's not firmly attached to the ground when the stomachs do their jobs as air pumps food goes both ways either further down the digestive tract into the intestines or further up the esophageal tube and perhaps straight out of the mouth got it It takes babies a while for the sphincter to become stronger. It takes a while before the stomp rocket, known as the stomach, has one end firmly attached to the ground, allowing food to go in one direction only. This is a mechanical issue that's tied to physics. It's not due to how serotonin affects certain structures around the brain, the trick of vomiting. Vomiting and reflux happens because of a loose sphincter between the stomach and the esophagus. This is something that happens to just about every baby. Just about every baby has a loose sphincter that connects the stomach to the tube that goes up to the mouth. Sometimes doctors assign a name to vomiting that happens with a loose sphincter. They call it reflux but it's not really a disease unless it's more severe. More severe reflux is known as gastroesophageal reflux disease. It's a condition where a lot of stomach acids flows back into the esophageal tube, connecting the mouth and the stomach. It flows back so much that the tube gets an acid burn It gets irritated from all of that extra acid. If this tube is irritated enough, then the sphincter might not work really well. When the stomach does its air pump job, food might go both ways, not just further down the digestive tract. It might also go straight up from the stomach into the tube and eventually perhaps up and out of the mouth. You have to think that when the tube is irritated, sometimes the ear sphincter is irritated too. Not always, but enough. In addition, the moist tissue that lines the inside of the tube connecting the mouth and the stomach can get irritated. It has nerve endings. When it's irritated enough, it acts like a young child might act if really irritated. The child might tell a parent about the mean thing that another child did. The child might want the parent to retaliate on their behalf. In the same way, the tube connecting the mouth and the stomach might say, You know, I'm feeling really irritated and crappy today. Let me lash out and tell my parent to hurt this child. The nerves in the stomach tell the brain. Make the vomit vomit. Make the body vomit. Make the body vomit. Like a very compliant mother who allows her child to get everything that they want, the brain listens to the child. The brain vomits. All thanks to the irritated esophagus and the direct nerve pathway between the digestive tract and the brain. Got it? To recap, there are different mechanisms That can result in vomit. There are different pathways to the same result. Let me talk about two of these pathways. One pathway is that of the body noticing a toxin, such as a food allergen. It responds to this toxin. The body makes chemicals, such as serotonin, and these chemicals eventually arrive at a trigger zone in the brain. At this trigger zone, the brain recognizes these chemical messengers and elicits a vomiting response. Now, let's talk about the second pathway to the same result of vomiting. The second pathway has to do with a direct nerve connection between an irritated digestive tract and the vomiting centers of the brain. We talked about it a few minutes ago. In other words, there are multiple pathways to the same result, vomit. In fact, many conditions have both pathways present. If you have a child who has repeated episodes of vomiting from f or food protein-induced endoclysis syndrome, if you have a child who has repeated episodes of vomiting from F-Pi's, often enough, their esophagus might eventually get irritated from all of that vomiting. If you have a child whose esophagus becomes too acidic because of gastroesophageal reflux, then the esophagus might get irritated. If you have a child who has an allergic condition, like eosinophilic esophagitis, then the esophagus might also get irritated. Irritate the esophagus enough, and the person might vomit. Does this give you a better explanation as to why I believe that reflux and food allergies, including F pies, are not related in some ways? In other ways, they are related. When you look at childhood vomiting, you might think that all vomiting comes from the same place. It does not. There are multiple pathways to the same result of vomiting. Each disease might follow only one of the pathways, or more than one of the pathways. It really depends. If you want to improve the frequency of vomiting, you need to both figure out the disease and also figure out which vomiting pathways are activated. Then you have a better chance of figuring out how to treat that pathway. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dr. Evka podcast. If you like this podcast and you want to have more people listen to it, please rate it. Five stars for good measure. Or if you want to, please subscribe. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Same time. Around the same time, actually. (laughs) Bye-bye. And that, my dear, will be the subject of a very long future episode. Hopefully, this gets you started understanding the differences a little bit right now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dr. Evka podcast. I look forward to hearing from you again next week. If you want more people to listen to this podcast, please rate it five stars for good measure. And um, also subscribe to it. That way it gets listened to by more people. Please. All right. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Uh, Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.